Hi, I'm Stephanie Winston Walcott, the former founding fashion director of Lincoln Center, as well as former fashion events director at Vogue magazine. I'm also the author of Melania and Me, The Rise and Fall of My Friendship with the First Lady. Today on the show, we're going to speak about the Trump family beyond politics, the Trump Stepford wives and their real agendas, and the power behind the curtain, as well as Melania Trump's green jacket and the real meaning behind it, and what lies behind all of these Trump family members. Welcome to another delicious episode of Curiosity Bites, the number one most binge-worthy podcast on the internet. If you'd like to join in the conversation about today's show or any of our past episodes, you can simply go and find us on the Curiosity Bites page on Facebook. My name is Dov Barron. I am your host. And you can find out more about me at DovBaron.com. That's D-O-V-B-A-R-O-N.com. Now, as many of you know, I have studied family dynamics, attachment theory. And one of the things that I have been continuously curious about is the concept of family. What is it that bonds us? Now, some families, you know, they're pretty dysfunctional and don't talk to each other. And some of them are pretty dysfunctional and they always talk to each other and they stay together and some are not. I like to say that we've got two families, the one you're born into and the one you choose. We are to some degree stuck with our blood family while those who surround us, we surround ourselves with are often even closer than family. We often trust them more than our most intimate uh, members of our family. So when a relationship has had that depth of intimacy, what is it that sometimes causes a relationship to break down? They say it's lonely at the top. And when I've asked the people that I know at the very top, they will often say things like, well, when you have power and influence, it's hard to trust that the person you're friends with is not friends with your position. But what about the other side? What happens when the person you're convinced yourself is your friend suddenly has power and influence and you realize that the person you thought you were friends with is actually a very different person than the one who's in front of you. Well, that's the rabbit hole we're going down today in this delicious episode of Curiosity Bites. So grab a beverage, I've got mine, find a cozy corner, because our guest on this episode is Stephanie Winston Walcott. Now, Stephanie Wilson Walcott is a president and founder of SWW Creative, an agency that has forged partnerships with many of the most impactful and influential game changers in the fashion, entertainment, and beauty industries. For the last three decades, she has spearheaded partnership development, production, sponsorship council, strategic consultations, and talent development. She has acted as a liaison between different industries, working with producers, agents, managers, celebrities, designers, top executives, uh, philanthropic cultural icons, overseeing the planning, implementation, organization, and many complex and very excessive stage-managed charity-driven events and productions. Over the past decade, Stephanie Winston Walcoff was the director of special events for Vogue magazine. On top of that, she is an actively involved in several humanitarian charitable causes, including being a board member for the UN Women of Peace Association, vice chairperson for the board members, uh, board member of Federal Enforcement Homeland Security Foundation, who honored and support outstanding achievements for many of the branches of Department of Homeland Security and Department of Justice. She has also been honored by the Albert Einstein School of Medicine Spirit of Achievement Award, 
for women of influence and um, the Suffolk Academy for the Alumni of Leadership Award. I tell you all this, like that's a, that's a pretty good resume. I tell you all this because I want to make it clear. This lady is very smart. I've had some previous conversations with her. She's a very smart lady. She's highly skilled and highly esteemed in her, in her own industry. So she's not like, oh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, some person you just find on the street who wants to say bad things. In, 20, in September of 2020, Stephanie Winston Walkoff wrote and released the number one New York Times bestselling book called Melania and Me, the rise and fall of my friendship with the First Lady, which chronicles their experience working with the First Lady and planning the 2016 presidential inauguration. Since then, she has been a critic of the Trump family and has been a contributor to CNN, MSNBC, Fox, and many, many other outlets around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and help me welcome <laughs> Stephanie Wilson. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me. I am that so was quite an introduction. But the one thing that I can tell you that I can relate to most is dysfunctional family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think most of us can. <laughs> so I, I want to dive into the book, the background, you find out all about those things. There's a lot to for, a lot for us to unpack and it's, I'm really looking forward to this. I know that you and I have been playing tag forever, wishing each other Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, but not actually being able to have a conversation for a while. But before I do that, I like to sort of find a little bit about my, the person who's my guest. What's the biggest question you find yourself looking to answer? What, like, you know, your own question. What is the thing, that, the question you're looking to answer in your life? That's a really hard question, but you know what? I've had the last several years after all of this has happened to me to <laughs> really think about that. I'll bet you have. And I really have. Um, what am I looking for? What is, what is that emptiness? Where is that part of me that wants to help so deeply, badly, and unconditionally someone else who may need support and help. I have this emotional um, band-aid, I guess, that mm -hmm. every time someone that I love needs me, I rip it off immediately and forget everything else that I may have, mm. you know, not been able to understand or been locked in a box and rush to someone's side. So I've been trying to figure out what is it in within myself that causes me to do that? Right, that's a great question. And it's an important question. I mean, that's a, the basis of a lot of the private work that I do is helping people to, to discover what I call their dragon fire, that piece within them that burns, that makes them want to do something in the world. And, you know, and I think that to some degree, we ha all have it the direction of it is sometimes a bit, a little bit tricky. Let's just go with tricky for now. Now, as I said, you, you wrote the book, Melania and me, you, you know, and it's about your friendship with Melania and about your work on the inauguration uh, and the accusations you faced around that and the legal battle that you're now in around that. And we're going to get into all that, but where I want to start is, what is the one thing you believe people don't know about your relationship with the First Lady, with Melania Trump, that they should? Because I think there's probably a lot of shit being thrown around, right? There's been a lot. 
Yeah. I think what people don't yet understand is that when the time came where I needed Melania to speak truth for me, mm-hmm. you literally come out and say, Stephanie Winston Walkoff has been a loyal, honest, trusting friend who has supported me through everything that I've done. And she did not, and she was not paid $26 million, nor was she fired. She did not. She folded like a deck of cards, Dob, and she, with the best poker face at me, looked at me and said, I would never do that. So when the time came where I needed to uh, protect myself, people need to understand that that's when I pressed record. I did not press record on a friend. And that's an important part of friendship, loyalty, mm-hmm. love, and what you're talking about when you consider someone that you would do anything for, mm-hmm. regardless whether they're your blood or not. Um, and that put me in a very difficult position because I felt so betrayed, but not just out of friendship, loyalty, but also um, it hits certain parts of me that I still haven't been able to um, answer before I even met Melania with my mm. own family. Right. And what I also think people don't know was who this mysterious Sphinx-like first lady was. Mm-hmm. You know, she was so mysterious to so many. And after watching her RNC speech, I felt it was my obligation to stop protecting her and stop, you know, I, I had pressed record in order to protect myself, mm-hmm. but I needed to stop protecting myself and now protect the American people so they knew who she really was and that she was not just complicit, but Donald's biggest enabler and just mm-hmm. like him. So here's where we get into it because you know, obviously I, I want to address this upfront because I, one of the things that I think people don't get when they see the headlines about your book, Melania or me. So I'll give you an example. A friend of mine, John, he is a ghostwriter. He's written books for many famous people uh, and many of them high profile polit- political people. And I was talking to him about how uh, on one of the shows, actually, we were talking about how, um, Donald's ghostwriter had come out about the fact that, you know, Donald didn't write the book. I was not surprised because I live in that world. But John said, you know, he was really upset with that guy because that's part of the sort of code of conduct. If you're a ghostwriter, you don't give that away. You, you know, you shut up, you get paid and that's it. And I think that in a, in a sort of parallel world, there's a lot of people going because they don't know yet. And this is why I wanted to have you on. Sure. They, they go, you know, you are a gold digger, you're, you know, you're this person who's like cashing in, which of course, all has been said about you, that you're cashing in on your friendship with Melania. um, And what a douchebag, because you're supposed to be a friend and you're recording, and nobody would ever uh, record a quote, best friend. Let's give that a reality check. Help us out. Perfect. I love that question. So First of all, I wasn't paid. Um, there was no, I, it was for the le- over two years, I had given my services for free to Melania. I had um, divested all of my businesses that I had built over, over two and a half decades in order to serve my friend who just needed someone there to protect her, watch her back, and also do the duties of the first lady that is expected of the mm-hmm. first lady of the United States. Right. Um, so 
that's number one. Number two is um, I couldn't have been more loyal and honorable to this woman. Um, I, as the only person in the fashion and entertainment industry who said yes to walking away from everyone that I knew and everyone that I'd worked with and everyone that I had ever respected and anyone who ever respected me mm. um, said, that's okay. She is different than Donald. And I'm going to be working on um, children's um, issues. Right. And that platform for me was so important that I was willing to separate politics and ethics. What I had to learn was you can't separate politics and ethics. <laughs> and I had to learn the hard way. Nice try. <laughs> nice try. Nice, exactly. Nice try. But more importantly, and back to your question and to answer this, is that Melania was no longer my friend and she was no longer someone who actually cared whether I went to jail or not. She did not care if I had been and brought into every criminal investigation after I was accused of being a part of misappropriating $107 million. When in fact, she knew all the details, every single one. And she's actually the one who advised me to get a lawyer. So, at, so most people also don't know is that I had my own lawyer who I still have to this day, who represents me with the Department of Justice. Every case that I'm involved in and everything I've been subpoenaed against. This lawyer has been with me since January. So I didn't just, you know, get thrown under the bus and then go, oh my God, and cry wolf. No, I had a lawyer in January when I was asked to misrepresent how that $107 million was spent. I would not go along with the White House and the presidential inauguration, inauguration, sorry. Um, I would not go along with the White House's nor the presidential inauguration com committee's um, explanation because the truth is the truth. The numbers are the numbers. I would right. not. And that's when I hired my lawyer. And so what happened, the first recording wasn't until February, mm -hmm. late February of 2018, which was a month and a half later. Because again, I knew that I was getting set up to take the fall. And but so, what I didn't know was Melania was a part of it. So, so let, let's sort of try and boil that down a bit for everybody, because like I said, your, your, your best friends, you, she has advised you to get a lawyer based on the fact that these things are coming out about the funds. Is that right? Or based just on that she didn't know we no. based on the fact that she knew what was going on with the funds. She was told by white house counsel that there was going to be a possible investigation into the presidential inauguration committee financing. So she had a heads up. So, and she was giving you a heads up, you need a lawyer. So yes, that was the act of a, of a quote friend is to say, get a lawyer, shit's going on behind the, behind the scenes and you need, you're going to need a lawyer. But she actually knew what that poop was that was going on behind the scenes. And she was not in any way protecting you. No, and she was not going to protect me. But also remember, Dob, what's important I think for people to know is that while the planning of the inauguration was going on, I was running over to Trump Tower and speaking with Donald and Melania privately, personally, and in their penthouse and telling right. them things that were going on and that were happening that were absolutely criminal, wrong, and misappropriating. And I, um, in, in all good conscience, went home crying one evening um, saying I was going to up on the bottom of the Potomac River by continuously 
sharing with them details of the behind the scenes. And they both, I mean, Donald laughed and said, Stephanie, you're being, don't be crazy. And Melania said, don't worry, everything will be okay. So I was in a, in a position where I knew after three weeks in, I should really turn around and run as fast as I can. But unfortunately, I was committed to something and my nature is I have tunnel vision. Right. Once I get in a job, I don't stop going until it's done. But I will report and I will disagree and I'm very vocal about what is right and what is wrong. So when you saw that things were off, did you think there are people scamming the American people, there are people scamming the Trump organization or Donald Trump or, or you know, the administration? Or did you have a sense that this was like the New York um, garbage collection thing <laughs> where the mayor is paying off the mafia? I mean, you know, did you have any sense of that at that point? Well, um, all of that was going on. I would not pick one of those things because everything was going on around me right. simultaneously. Everyone was out for themselves. Um, the Trump family was absolutely finding ways to self-line their own pockets in mm. every possible way imaginable. Um, and that's what brought the most, um, that would, to me, that's what worried me and concerned me the most as far as optics were concerned sure. as for the Trump family was that yeah. we're about to enter into you know, the people's home, and you're using this position to benefit financially on every other angle that you possibly can. And so, yes, it was all happening. So, you know, you you were friends with Melania for 15 years. Is that right? So, you know, yeah. a long time. Did you know her before Donald, before she ever met Donald? No, I didn't. No, it was at the same time, right? Because Barron, I think, is 14 as we record this. Yes. So it must have been right. Okay. So the early days. So when you met her, di did you meet her with Donald or did you meet her through the industry? Because you were involved in the fashion industry. She was obviously a fashion person. Well, she was a fashion person, but she really wasn't a fashion person. And we'll get oh. into that. And I think that's really important for everyone okay. to understand is that the making of Melania legitimized Donald and legitimized Melania. And part because of that, she was eye candy for him or arm she, candy for him? Well, not just that. By having a Vogue cover eventually, she was legitimized and could finally say, I have a Vogue cover. That is her cover. Mm. And then after she was on the Vogue cover, it legitimized Donald because he had his Vogue cover model. So that was a very important part of the making of this relationship that was um, instrumental to their, 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 their branding. Right. It's, it's, so it's very important to understand that. Now, I didn't know Melania until she stepped foot into Vogue offices. I was preparing for the Met Gala. I was producing the Met Gala. I sat very closely to Andre Leontali, who was the contributing editor at large, larger than life Andre, who I love. And um, Melania came into Sienna and I met Melania and there was this, she was sweet. She was nice. I liked her. And Andre and I started taking her to lunch. Mm. And um, that's how the friendship began. The friendship was never Melania, Donald and me, or my husband. Right. You right. know, Melania and I saw each other. We would mm. see each other once a month, once every two months alone. We would mm -hmm. have lunch together. Um, 
And she, like I say, in Melania me was that older, more confident sister. She always had her shit together. Mm. I mean, she looked beautiful. Everything was fine. Everything was just as it should be. And if there were any issues, she would just flick them off. I mean, like, like Teflon, it was right. nothing, nothing penetrated. Meanwhile, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I talk about everything. I'm emotional. I work 24 seven. You know, Melania is, was just the person who genuinely looked in my eyes, listened to me, never looked anywhere else when I was speaking with her. I was her girl and she um, helped me. I believed, you know, as soon as I would leave her, I would feel so much better. But in truth, I think I, I was actually chosen by Melania. Hmm. So you think you, you were groomed? I think, no, I think I was okayed by Donald to be Melania's friend. Because oh. if you think about my access, my, mm -hmm. what I provide for the Trumps was much more than what the Trumps provided for me or anyone else. I mean, I didn't do business with, with the, with, with the Trumps, nor did I socialize with the Trumps. I was not, you know, interested in being anywhere that they were. I just happened to like Melania. So right. But what I gave them was a red carpet to every event in New York. I gave them access to all of the head editors, producers, directors, agents, managers, anything and everything. So I think I was okayed by Donald because he also knew that I worked for Anna Winter. And for me to be working with Anna and to and, and I was so committed to Anna. So he saw the relationship between the two of us. Yes. And I think he trusted me. And once he saw how I treated his wife or his, at the time, fiance, he knew, as most people do know when they get to know me, she's a sucker. Right. <laughs> no, honestly, like where we, she's the perfect person because she will open her arms, open her heart, but she will do everything as, as she's supposed to, and she won't walk away. Mm. So... It's it's complicated, but it's yeah, it, I, it is, and, and, and this is yeah, this is why I wanted to address it because I really wanted to confront that right on the first part of the show, which is, you know, that that image of the the friend who turns their back on the friend and starts recording, kind of scuzzy, but you can see now that it was only when you realized that you were going to get not only thrown under the bus, but you could end up in jail. I was on the front. I was on the New York times two weeks in a row accused of self dealing. I was already had been accused. I, had, I didn't press record until the first headline said, Stephanie Winston walk off Melania's best friend gets $26 million. Wow. All I said to Melania was, can you please come out and say I didn't? I mean, can you imagine if I didn't, at, I mean, in between the time that that came out, five days later, the contracts at the White House were terminating under the, under the gratuitous service agreements, had nothing to do with being fired. I said, Melania, they're going to make it look culpable. They're going to say that I was fired. You know that. And mm -hmm. had I not had, and had I not already known she was going to say to me, no, don't worry about it, and that they were going to do that, had I not pressed record at that next conversation, no one would ever have heard her say, you were not fired. Don't be so dramatic. You know the truth and I know the truth. And politics is politics. And this came to that because of that. Wow. And that is where um, 
pressing record for me was most important, but also Melania needed to protect herself because the, as she had told me on these recordings, she was going to be accused of getting kickbacks. And so in order for her not to be accused of getting kickbacks, all of the light had to be shined on me. And obviously she didn't get kickbacks, nor did I get $26 million, but it didn't matter. That's what the story was going to be. So the White House needed to separate me from her and from the White House and get me out of there. And that was their way they did it. So where did the money go? Huh. Well, there are so many great investigations open right now that I can finally, you know, feel that some of them are actually um, going to lead to um, the, the, the long-awaited um, the long-awaited justice that comes to this Trump family. Um, the money was private, so it didn't have to be accounted for, as you know, um, mm. privately funded money raised, um, did need to be accounted for. All that they needed to list on the 990, the form 990, which is the form that goes to the Federal Elections Committee, um, were the top five vendors. And by listing me as one of the top five vendors, um, I never agreed to have the $26 million go through my company. And that's a whole nother story. Right. Um, and that's one that I think is important for people to understand is where did the money go, right? So yeah. $484 went to me and the rest of the $26 million was 25 million went directly to a company called Inaugural Productions, which was started by two individuals um, that have worked with Mark Burnett for decades. And that was the only subcontractor that Wiz Media, my company had. So you can imagine the leftover 1.62 million was divided among 15 people that worked at Wiz Media Partners, which is, my, mm. which is the company that I started with four other individuals from a company called Tiny Horse, which is located in California at that address where people say, oh, this random company opened up. No, I didn't have, by the way, I didn't open the articles from corporation. I didn't have the LLC. I didn't even have a bank account. I didn't know the bank account number. I never had access to any money. I had no financial responsibility or oversight to anything during the inauguration or before or after, but they were able to pin it on me and they did that. Um, they planned it out really, really precisely. So I, I have to ask, I. Do you believe that it was premeditated or you were picked because if you do this with all of your access and everything else and your obvious skills, but you will also be a great fall guy. Do you think you were picked for that? I think that if it came down to it and they needed a fall guy, Melania's pal was the perfect person to pin it on. Wow. And um, yeah, at the end so of the day, yes. So that, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people. Think about it, Dob. You got Roger Stone, Rick Gates. I mean, look at these people around you. And there's oh, yeah. Stephanie Winston Walcott, a mother of three who's worked her entire life to build a legacy and have relationships with everyone in my industries that I am thankful have opened their arms and embraced me again because they know who I am. I mean, really? Wow. I mean, there's so much there, right? And we, we're definitely going to move towards that. We're going to, we're coming towards the end of this first part of the show. It flies, huh? Ah. Um, 
there's so much more to unpack here. We're going to go there uh, with Stephanie Winston Wolkoff, and uh, who is the author of Melania and Me. This is a powerful, powerful story um, that has got so many layers and levels to it. And and again, I think that the the hyperbolic media pieces is that you know this is somebody who recorded on their best friend and wrote a book. And that is so far from the truth. As I found out in my previous conversations with Stephanie, um, I find it to be a very integral person. And to, as you said, Stephanie, yourself, you know, very much heart on the sleeve sort of person, very different than all the other things that we're hearing. And so I really want to cut this clear. And we're going to come back in this. We're going to look at um, that inauguration and uh, the, the Mark Burnett connection. I want to look at the bigger family. There's a lot more to cover in here. Please stay tuned and stay curious because we are going to take a much deeper dive and come back on the next episode of Curiosity Bites. <laughs> <laughs>